0: Hello, and thank you for being a listener. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer being given to the new warehouse listener. That's you. Mobile Robot Guide is offering 10% off just for you when you purchase the Warehouse Solutions Buyer's Guide. Just use promo code WarehousePod10 at mobilerobotguide.com. That's Pod 10 this is your comprehensive guide for all things autonomous mobile robots. That's Warehouse Pod 10. And for more info, go to thenewwarehouse.com.
1: The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin.
0: Hey, it's Kevin Long with the New Warehouse Podcast, coming to you with a new episode. On this episode, I'm going to be joined by Brad Gossard, who is the general manager of Regal Conveying. Uh, You may remember Regal, we spoke to them previously on the podcast uh, during Promat last year, 2019, uh, when things were quite different in the world and we still had um, physical trade shows. Um, But Brad's going to join us today. He's going to tell us a little bit more about Regal, uh, what it is they do, um, about his side of the business, Regal conveying, uh, and then we're going to get into a little bit about changes over the last 10 years and then we're going to dive into changes just in the last couple months based on covid and things of that nature and how um, conveyors can kind of play play a part in that uh, so Brad welcome to the show how are you
1: I'm doing fine Kevin thank you for having me
0: definitely thanks for coming on happy to uh, talk to you um, why don't you kind of dive in a little bit tell us tell us about regal because regal is involved in a lot of different kind of things but tell us about regal overall and then tell us about the regal conveying um, division, which is general manager. Okay.
1: Of. Regal is a three and a half billion dollar corporation, uh, primarily based on electric motors and mechanical power transmission. Some of our primary brand names that people may know are marathon motors, uh, seal master bearings, uh, Grove gearboxes, uh, Browning and Morse power transmission. And the part that, uh, I am responsible for, which is the conveying is our system class brand. And, uh, we've been in business for, um, uh, over 50 years for Regal. Uh, most of the power transmission, uh, has been in business for almost a hundred years.
0: Okay. Interesting. So, so definitely a long history there. Um, and definitely a lot underneath the Regal umbrella. Um, So tell us a little bit about on your side of things. It's it's more focused on the conveyors themselves, right?
1: Yeah, and conveying, mostly what we do in System Plast uh, has traditionally been in beverage conveying, which is very challenging Mm -hmm. uh, conveying of bottles, which are very abrasive, cans, and then bottled water uh, took the forefront Uh, in the last 20 years, Mm. and uh, it's a difficult application, so it's uh, had a lot of materials that reduce coefficient of friction. Uh, But as we have conveyed things along, we came out with a new product that was a roller top belt, so it's balls embedded in the belt. So now we're basically taking a belt and we're putting the, Uh, automation into the surface of the belt. They're omnidirectional balls by using a uh, divert belt underneath the roller top belt. You can transfer products at a right angle. You can pass them through, but uh, getting a vector between the divert belt and the roller top belt, you can actually do diverts. Mm -hmm. And so for sortation, This has become a a very popular product. And when you look at unit material handling and what it's done over the last 10 years, uh, it's grown. If you look at uh, uh, MHI statistics, uh, which is the material handling industry, uh, or if you look at SEMA statistics, Conveyor Equipment Manufacturers Association, since the Great Recession The unit material handling automation sector has grown at about 7 to 12 percent per year, uh, nine out of those uh, 10 years. And it's basically been based on increasing productivity and increasing throughput for customers in warehousing, distribution, parcel, post. And those calculations of return on invested capital to Uh, spend on the equipment, were primarily based on moving things from a manual sortation, using people or throwing people to sort things out, uh, to automate that process with vision systems and then sortation systems, some of them becoming very fast. And then about uh, four years ago, the major uh, parcel companies changed the way that they charge customers uh, to ship packages. Previously, it was based on weight, Mm -hmm. and they realized that their constraint is the square footage that they have inside of a truck. And so they realized that a more appropriate way to charge is based on the volume of the package. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, that uh, led to a transition away from boxes where it had a lot of bubble wrap and uh, peanuts and everything that we uh, loved on un- unwrapping <laughs> and has moved more to things like poly bags and to jippies and to, uh, other types of packaging materials that have less volume are right. easier to pack, but are much more difficult to convey. And so that's, that's uh, pre COVID. That was the biggest thing that, Uh, companies were basing on sorting out packages. Now, post-COVID, post-COVID, what's come up is the social distancing aspect of uh, doing manual sortations is now become a safety issue. And so instead of just looking at the productivity and the throughput, it's now become a safety issue. And as the e-commerce companies, as, as really people were moving more and more to e-commerce pre-COVID, mm-hmm. um, as, as that was occurring, then the natural trend was to hire more people. And even Amazon has hired 200,000 more people, um, right. since the start of COVID, uh, to be able to sort things out. But now we're looking more at, being able to do that with automation.
0: -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I think that, you know, you have a lot of great points there about, you know, especially over the last couple of years, automation has become just so I guess the norm, right? So many more people are getting into it and it's becoming so more, so much more accessible. Um, But, you know, with what we've been experiencing with COVID and everything with the people experiencing like peak, like volumes, I mean, it has been kind of a, I guess a scramble in some cases for companies who have been hiring these people. And then because of social distancing, they've had to uh, do this manual sortation. So, so talk to us a little bit about, you know, how, how are companies working through that um, and how are they able to maintain the throughput, but also still keep the social distancing in mind?
1: We'll be back after a quick
0: break. What's the new warehouse without a warehouse? I'm excited to let you know that we have expanded our 3PL fulfillment services beyond our micro fulfillment center. We can now handle all levels of e-commerce fulfillment needs, as well as transportation, B2B distribution, FBA prep, and much more. Thanks to our partnership with Experior Global, we can service you from the port to the customer's porch. Reach out to me directly at Kevin at newwarehouse.com for all your fulfillment and logistics needs.
1: Okay, well, the thing that's interesting is mm-hmm. that, and and this was just in an article today in the Wall Street Journal that uh, only thirty nine percent of manufacturing and supply chain professionals said that their organizations use robotics and automation. That was a shocking number to me. I would have mm-hmm. thought it would have been much higher, but they are for, or the MHI is forecasting that in a short amount of time and particularly because of the acceleration of e-commerce adoption, that uh, in one to two years, that'll go from 39% to to 58%. And they think within three to four years, it'll be 73%. So there's a big rush to move to uh, to robotics and automation to serve the rapidly growing e-commerce adoption. So there's a number of ways to, to do that. Uh, you can do that through robotics, through automated guided vehicles, or you can actually do that through sortation conveyors. The, some of the issues that customers have, though, is if you are you going to grow at 20% a year? Are you going to grow at 50% a year? Some are growing at 100% a quarter. And how do you scale that over time? You could go and buy a fixed system, uh, but you'd have to oversize it, you know, to take care of future needs. Mm -hmm. So more and more uh, conveyors, manufacturers, and the customers are looking for things that are scalable and modular. You know, how can I add, uh, start off with 20 sort points, but add six more to that existing system next year and maybe four more after that. And we introduced, we took that roller top belt strategy that we had and uh, put it into a modular unit. We've got eight sizes of that unit that fits into the standard widths of a live roller conveyor. So it's very compatible with uh, retrofitting existing systems or building new systems. And then these m- modules just couple together, mm-hmm. and you can scale them by adding more modules in the future, and the, the controls for them just daisy chained together, going down the uh, the conveyor. So scalability mm-hmm. is important, and yeah, another thing that's important is noise. Mm-hmm. So traditionally, these uh, high speed systems went into um, the, the big warehouses that actually were fulfillment centers that shipped to the local cities and their noise was not as critical, but now that you're getting these close to a lot of people uh, because now uh, moving from manual sortation to the last mile to the pickup and drop off people. Mm -hmm. There, you've got facilities that typically don't have maintenance people, so you're looking for things that are low maintenance. And also, they need to be quiet uh, because most of them don't wear hearing protection. So you need to have something below... Uh, probably 72 decibel. Yeah. Uh, we've been able to maintain that. And then also a conveyor needs to be approachable. And when I say approachable, it needs to be quiet that you can approach it, but it also needs to be safe so that you can approach it and uh, not, uh, you know, not have any safety issues or pinch points or things like that. So what we use in the mod sort is the, Uh, 24-volt DC motorized drive rollers to drive both the divert belt and also the roller top belt. And you could actually put your hand on the belt and stop it. So from a safety standpoint, using those 24-volt DC motorized drive rollers, that was our mashup together with the belt, the roller top belt, the divert belts, and uh, we don't run them with sprockets. It's actually a friction drive, so it runs quiet. That fulfills uh, some of the big check marks that customers have now for, for this uh, final sort before the last mile.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I'm, cu- I'm curious, actually, um, as you're talking about the MonSort, and I remember it from ProMan seeing it there. Um, on display, you know how how did the the idea to utilize the ball system like that? How did that how did that come about?
1: Well, you know that's that's an interesting. We introduced the belt about eight years ago mm-hmm. and uh, put it out into the market to allow designers to basically start from scratch and design it. And uh, you know our uh, our byline was. You know, it's, it's really up to the imagination of the designer. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't unfold. So we decided we needed to do a mashup uh, between the most common, safest technology that's out there to drive, and that is motorized drive rollers, and uh, combine that with the belt, uh, make it in standardized units so it's very easy to select, uh, make it uh, able to communicate and scale with uh, other units in line. Uh, so it for integrators and even for end users, uh, it's a very easy product to install very quickly because uh, it's modular mm-hmm. uh, and get up and running and uh, actually get uh, through acceptance testing pretty quickly. And it's being used in just a wide variety of applications. You know, at first, it really was the... Uh, looking at the parcel and post um, and and those applications like the, uh, you know, ob- the obvious ones, UPS, FedEx, DHL, and then uh, postal ones like USPS, uh, Swiss Post, NL Post. and But now it's really migrated into a lot of different things. Uh, uh, we have customers using them to uh, sort out uh, things in sporting goods, clothing Uh, Pre-packaged meals, um, Uh you know, kitchens that are preparing finished meals, uh, moving glasses for prescription glasses, Uh beauty products, certainly warehouse distribution, pharmacy, even in mail rooms at large campuses uh, where they may have uh, at a university uh, 25 different buildings, but one main mail room and they can sort out uh, all the buildings there. Again, all those things that were typically done uh, manually uh, are now being automated.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great. So, you know, obviously there's, um, there's huge benefits, right, to putting a conveyor in place um, in terms of throughput and efficiency um, from a business standpoint. But, you know, one of the things about manual sortation as well is typically there's, there's some ergonomic issues that could arise. So, so can you tell us a little bit about you know some of the ergonomic issues that occur with manual sortation, and then how do you put the conveyor in place to kind of alleviate some of
1: those issues? yeah you know, that's that really is a prime consideration for a company that usually doesn't get calculated. Um, if you have people reaching across and pushing packages from one side to the other so that uh, then the manual sorts can occur down line, ergonomically that's you're reaching out and you you are pushing on something that's extended out from your arm but when you think about taking something off of a conveyor belt the absolute worst ergonomic thing that you can do for your back is to lift something off when it's moving on the belt and turn it 90 degrees and put it on somewhere so back injuries uh, finger lacerations uh, those types of things, uh, if you really look at what the costs are on, uh, on the OSHA website for each of those incidents, they can be huge. And, and worker safety, not just uh, COVID safety, but safety from you know having a laceration or an ergonomic injury uh, should be something that every company should consider. Uh, when they're doing their ROI calculations. So mm-hmm. we actually have developed a ROI calculator that allows an individual business just to put in all of their criteria for productivity, for throughput, for injuries, and uh, actually get a calculated uh, return on the investment of putting a new conveyor in. And, and everyone really should consider safety Uh, as one of the key elements and and key returns that you get uh, because no one wants, uh, everyone wants their workers to go home just as healthy as they came in.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, I have some really good points. I think in the beginning there you said, um, you know, it's usually not something that necessarily gets uh, thought of as an immediate benefit, right? And I think that it's important to highlight that. So so I'm happy we could talk about that and, you know, kind of shed some light. And I think it's really a good thing. The ROI calculator that you guys provide as a resource, I think that can really help some people realize. And, you know, I think the people typically, you know, the decision makers in that situation of whether to, you know, get automated conveyor or whatever, um, you know, typically they're not out there then they're not pulling boxes off like you said of a moving conveyor at 90 degrees right and you're moving so they don't necessarily realize the full full impact of that movement um so definitely interesting and i think that you know going to the automated solution is just better overall from a business standpoint and then from a worker safety and health standpoint as well um, so kind of going back to the COVID situation. So you talked to us a little bit about, you know, what's happened over the last 10 years of material handling and then what's kind of been happening over the last couple of months. But I'm curious, what what's your view of what you think is going to happen in the industry, I guess, post COVID or in the next couple of years and what, what is the effect of COVID going to be um, in
1: the long run? Yeah, I, I do think that, Social distancing is probably going to be in the workplace, even uh, in a post-COVID environment. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to Dr. Fauci, he says that there'll be another one that will come after this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who knows when and uh, and what it'll be. But being able to space out your workers, but also being able to uh, equip our workers with higher level tools uh, like augmented reality, uh, like HoloLens glasses that will actually uh, give them the work instructions, like pick to light and stow to light, uh, those can increase the productivity of the workers so that they're doing much higher value things than just reading a label and pulling it off, which can be done by a vision system and a sortation system. So uh, I think one of the the, uh, biggest opportunities out of this is to actually deploy our uh, workers in uh, more higher value tasks and uh, uh, equip them with the technology that's uh, emerging again, uh, like augmented reality and pick and stow to light and Be able to actually fulfill what is going to continue to uh, boom, which is the e-commerce adoption. It was, it was catching on pretty well before COVID, but the COVID has really driven people to uh, e-commerce and I just don't think they're going back.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it, at some point, you know, a lot of people had had no choice but to do e-commerce for certain things because stores were closed. So, and I think that people are seeing the, I guess, the ease and uh, convenience of it. I, I actually personally, I know, I never had uh, ordered groceries before uh, online, and I started um, doing it during this, and I don't think I don't think I'll ever go back to the grocery store, uh, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, you know, consumer behavior is, has changed and I think that companies are are seeing that but also seeing seeing the benefits like you mentioned of investing in automation Alan, getting newer technology to help them make this more possible and create, you know, and able to keep up with the demand, um like we talked about. So so definitely really um really interesting discussion and really interesting, you know, how I guess you don't always think of um necessarily a conveyor being the the big part of automation right everybody's so focused on robots and things like that but you know really conveyor can be such a a central point of an operation because it's it's moving so many things getting things from point a to point b um, and can make a huge impact Um, so tell us how can people get more information about um, regal and regal conveying
1: Uh, best way to get the information is our website, which is our URL is www.regalbeloit.com. Uh, if, uh, I'm a big fan of YouTube and actually seeing things work and, uh, you know, how it operates. So, uh, very easy to go to YouTube and just put in regal mod sort and, uh, Uh, You can see several videos including uh, some customer testimonials uh, on how they're applying the the technology. Uh, So those are uh, a a couple of ways uh, that you can do that. And then uh, we have specialists placed around the country in uh, distribution so we can provide further information.
0: Okay, great. And we'll definitely uh, post a link to your website on com, and we'll uh, find a cool video to put up there as well so listeners can check it out uh, when they read the blog post. Uh, so, Brad, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for uh, talking to us and giving us a little information about Regal and also talking about um, the perspective that you guys are seeing for changes in the industry. Uh, very interesting time. Uh, so thank you, Brad.
1: Thank you, Kevin.
0: and follow along.